Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Malaz from Restore or Retreat. Simone, you are not in live studio today, but you're live on location. <laughs> Where are you? I am in the beautiful Port Fouchon. I'm in a, uh, I'm actually in an office, and we're looking at the port right now. We had a good day today. We had con- congressional staffers um, who work in the in-state offices um, from every congressional office in Louisiana but one. Um, we did a full day where we toured. Um, we came here to Port Fouchon. We went to the oyster hatchery in Grand Isle, uh, talked to the folks at Louisiana Sea Grant, Dr. Robert Twilley, who's been a past guest on the show. And then um, we toured Caminata, my favorite beach in the world. Um, and they took a tour of the port, and there's um, a little get-together tonight. So. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I will forgive you for not being here in studio. Mm-hmm. That's a great... I can uh, take great trips, too. Yeah, John. you do. Yeah, you do. Well, <laughs> shout-out to uh, Joni Tuck down there yes. in Port Fouchon. I'll see, um, I'll see if I can wrestle her in here to, to give a quick hello. Good. Well, how, how did that oyster hatcheries look? I've been so fascinated. I've heard a lot about that and the work that Dr. Twilley and his team are doing down in Grand Isle? It's so funny. Um, they talk about things like algae and spat, and everybody's just so captivated because everybody here in Louisiana is so familiar with oysters. And this was a new addition to um, our field trip, and I think we're always going to add it. It's something that people can really relate to, and they have a lot of questions. It's really interesting and, and exciting to see the innovative work that, they, that they're doing at the Oyster Hatchery to kind of help production, help people adapt to different ways that um, they can um, manage this fishery. And, and so it's, it's really cool, perfect addition, and Dr. Robert Twilley is always a really welcome um, addition to anything that we do. Right, yeah. And how did the congressional staffers take it? I mean, we're, I, I, I know you do this so much, right? But for them, it must be pretty incredible to have this experience. Yeah, especially because we did have staff from all over the state. We had um, staff from Abraham's office and, um, you know, um, Mike Johnson's office, and they're not coastal at all in a lot of ways. And so this was very eye-opening for them, but they know that this is a Louisiana issue that we talk about. And, of course, we talk about restoration and protection. Um, We had Charles Sutcliffe, previous guest, on to talk about the master plan. We had Representative Jerome Zerang join us to talk about his experience with Coastal, talk about flood insurance. But also, of course, we talked about the port here, and that is always eye-opening. Our partner, Michael Heck, just tweeted uh, earlier this week about, you know, the ports of South Louisiana, New Orleans, and Plaquemines are ranked number one, four, and 11 in America. And here in Port Fouchon, it's a totally different port. Um, They're an oil gas service port, and they, um, they service some of the, you know, 90% of the offshore deep water oil and gas service. So this um, is really eye-opening on a lot of different levels, Mm -hmm. but mostly they get to see where the energy meets the environment, and that's really important for us. Yeah, that's so cool, and really amazing news um, about kind of our ports this this week, and really showing the importance of Louisiana's working coast. We truly do feed and fuel the nation and really what's at stake unless we do something about, you know, the land loss crisis we're facing. So awesome. Well, can't wait to hear more about it. Hopefully we'll share some pictures. Joni Tuck better uh, get to tweeting so we can see some (laughs) of the fun that happened today. Um, But what are we talking about today? We have some great guests on. Yeah, yeah, we've we somebody we've been wanting on for a long time, and it, it seemed to work out perfectly that I'm on a beach, right? There you go. <laughs> you saw, yeah, restored beach today. So I'd like to welcome to the show, you know, certainly no stranger to coastal issues in Louisiana, 
um, and a, a good friend and, and former colleague of ours, now working kind of on a national scale on these issues, Derek Brockbank, who's executive director of the American Shore and Beach Preservation Association. Welcome to Delta Dispatches, Derek. Thank you for having me, guys. It's great to talk to you both. Well, I know we weren't able to have you on the live show at State of the Coast, but I hope it was worth the wait because we're going to dig in on this issue for the entire episode today. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it and, and thrilled to hear that Simone is on a beach as we speak. Or, or <laughs> I was going to ask you, Derek, if you're jealous that I'm actually on a beach today. <laughs> I absolutely am. It's, it's 90 degrees here in Washington, D.C., oh, and I'm stuck in an office, so it's wish I were you. It's 90 degrees here, too, definitely so, but it is never a bad day when we get to work on the beach, for sure. So, Derek, we want to dig into kind of the work that you're doing at your organization, but you've worked in Louisiana for so long. Tell us a little bit about your work and your prior role um, here in coastal Louisiana working on these issues and working on issues around the Mississippi River Delta. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I I had the pleasure of working for the coalition of, of groups working on restoring the Mississippi River Delta. So um, some of the national organizations, uh, Audubon, National Audubon Society, National Wildlife Federation, Environmental Defense Fund, and then some of our great local organizations, Coalition to Restore Coast Louisiana and Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation. Um, that was sort of the core five, but then certainly worked with a number of other organizations, including including Simone. Um, and I served as the campaign director, so I really, I was the, the go-between between all those organizations. Um, I used to joke that I, I tried to get all of you guys to, focus on the 97% of stuff that you agreed on and, and not the 3% of stuff that you disagreed on because there's so much, there's so much power and influence um, working towards restoring the coast that we can't get caught up in some of the, the details that, that, that we do have disagreements on. So it was a great experience. I, I was there for, I started just after the oil spill and, and worked there for five years. So I had a great time working on Louisiana. You did all the hard work, right, uh, especially after the oil spill. But now you're focused on coasts beyond Louisiana and around the country. So tell us about where you are in the work that you currently do. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the executive director of American Shore and Beach Preservation Association. That's ASBPA, probably the most awkward acronym to try to say out loud. Um, but uh, we are an organization of coastal practitioners. So we are the um, industry and the communities and the researchers who build, maintain, and manage our nation's beaches and coastlines. So we are large dredging firms such as Weeks Marine and Manson and Great Lakes Dredge and Dock. We're uh, engineering firms, whether they're large engineering firms or small coastal engineering firms. And then we're also municipalities, um, ranging from you know tiny places like Foley Beach, South Carolina, to Los Angeles County beaches and harbors uh, that manage some of the most iconic beaches in the world. Um, and we recently just started a Central Gulf Coast chapter, so um, excited to have a, another guest on later in the program who's a board member from our Central Gulf Coast chapter that uh, oversees our work in Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Um, and the work that we do as an organization is both uh, technical. We are you know, primarily engineers and geologists, and so we put out a peer-reviewed journal every quarter. We host a technical conference every year. Um, we put out white papers that distill really, you know, wonky technical geology and engineering and make it understandable for coastal managers. And then we also work on policy. We are the, the federal advocates uh, for beaches. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm based in Washington, D.C., and so part of my job is, is uh, being the advocate on Capitol Hill and with the Army Corps of Engineers and USGS and, and uh, Bureau of Ocean Energy Man Management to be the voice of beaches in our nation's capital. So, Derek, I mean, 
Louisiana has some great beaches, right? We have Grand Isle, we have Holly Beach. Of course, we have our newly restored beaches, such as uh, Elmer's Island and Whiskey Island, which is more of a barrier island. But how much do the issues affecting um, beaches vary from place to place? You know, Gulf Coast, Atlantic Coast, Pacific. Um, Are you kind of dealing with a whole range of things, or are there specific areas that you really focus on across the whole country? You know, good question. At a high level, a lot of the issues are, are pretty similar. It's, it's managing sediment, right? Beaches are made up of sand, and sand is dynamic. It doesn't stay in one place. It's not, you know, beaches aren't cement. Um, the sand travels with wind, and the sand travels with water. And so uh, beaches are always in a, you can sort of say, in a process of eroding and rebuilding. It's just sort of, it's a natural dynamic cycle. Um, and so if you cut off access to the, the sand or the sediment that builds beaches, you're going to have an eroding beach. And unfortunately, that's happened really all across the country. I mean, you guys in, in Louisiana know very well that um, you know, the damming of the, the levying of the Mississippi River has limited sediment into, um, into the wetlands, and that's starved the wetlands of that sediment. Well, in some places, it's not the damming of a river, but it's, it's, or it's not the levying a river, but it could be a damming a river, or it could be um, in California, it's hardening cliff faces, um, and the sand that nourishes uh, a lot of California beaches comes from eroding cliff faces. Um, in, in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles River has been completely channelized, so there's no sand getting to, um, there's no sand from the Los Angeles River getting to Los Angeles beaches. So at that sort of high level, the issues are very similar. It's not enough sediment, not enough sand. Um, but when you get to the sort of specifics, it can vary whether it's, you know, whether it's a loss of sand from... Yeah. And, and Derek, we're about to head into a break, but I want to get into some of those issues and also some of the work that y'all are doing. So hang on with us through the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. Hi, I'm Don Cheadle. Listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress. That has made our air and water cleaner and the products in our homes safer. So not only can our planet prosper, so can our future. Go to edf.org to see how you can help. National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org Louisiana, to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. nwf.org Louisiana. At Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy, Audubon, Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems, focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats for the benefit of humanity and the Earth's biological diversity. Visit la.audubon.org to learn more and support our mission. la.audubon.org. Restore Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast community and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org. 
And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. We are discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Simone Laws with Restore or Retreat. Dialing in live from Port Fouchon, and it's not even a Friday. <laughs> it's not. I might have to stay till Fouchon Friday, though. <laughs> I don't blame you. Well, welcome back, Derek Brockbank, Executive Director of American Shore Beach Preservation Association. Um, Derek, so, you know, you missed out on this when you were at State of the Coast, but anytime you come on Delta Dispatches, you have to answer a fun question. So I have one for you. I hope it's not going to get you in too much trouble. Okay, go for it. If you could be with your family on any beach right now, where would that be? Oh, well, I will say I had the pleasure over the 4th of July weekend of being on the beach where I spent my summers growing up. Um, It is the beach of uh, Sunset Beach and Wade Beach on Shelter Island, New York. Shelter Island is Little Island in between the North and South Fork of uh, Long Island. Um, So it is sheltered, hence the name. Um, And that's the beach where I, I uh, I was on when I was about six months old, and I had the absolute pleasure of taking my six-month-old daughter uh, to go to that same beach. Oh, that's where you learn your love of beaches. Yep. That's, so. a, that's a good answer and a very personal one. So, yeah, I hope, hope none of your fellow uh, beaches anywhere else give you any trouble for that answer. <laughs> I hope not. Everyone loves hey. their own beach the best. And look, Jacques and I, um, we like to do site visits to check out to see if those answers are truthful when we ask people these questions. So if you need us to go to that beach and check it out, or any other beach, I guess, right, Jacques, for that matter, yeah. we'll be, <laughs> yeah, we'll I was, be happy. I was on Miami Beach recently. That was nice. I could go back there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, Derek, you know, I'm, I'm here in Port Fouchon today, but Port Fouchon is also so closely associated with the Caminata Headland and, and Beach Restoration Project. You know, it was amazing to watch that project roll out, that they mined sand from offshore and ship shoal, and they brought it in. It was just this really amazing operation that, you know, the, the dredge guys were like, that's no big deal. We do stuff like this all the time. Talk about the technology for nour- nourishing and protecting beaches and, and how that's evolved over time and that it is something that they're really familiar with. Absolutely. And, and uh, that was an incredible project. They might act like it was no big deal, but it was a, it was a really big project. Um, so uh, a couple different ways to nourish a beach. The, the primary way is, as you mentioned, is to get uh, dredge material, sand, from offshore sources. Uh, and so you get the big dredging companies to go out with uh, hopper dredges and take up a lot of sand from uh, uh, environmentally sustainable place offshore uh, and bring it onshore. And so the Caminata uh, uh, project that you mentioned, they were actually accessing sand, as you said, from Ship Shoals, which is far enough offshore that it's in federal water. And so the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management actually managed that. So some cases you only have to go, you know, a mile offshore. Some cases you may even have to go three, four, five eight miles offshore to get that sand. So that's, that's where you see your really big projects, your millions of cubic yards. Um, uh, Jacques just mentioned uh, having been in Miami Beach, just up the road from Miami Beach in, uh, in Broward County, Fort Lauderdale, they just completed a truck haul project. So that's where they got sand from inland sources. So it was an inland sand mine um, where they brought sand and they, they trucked it in uh, and deposited it on the beach to re-nourish it. Um, and so both ways are, are doable. Uh, typically, trucking is, is more expensive because one hopper dredge, even a sort of small one, can hold literally a thousand, the equivalent of a thousand uh, dump trucks. So you just have a lot more, um, a lot more trips to make with, with trucks. 
but it's a really it's really an impressive operation. Um, and of course, part of beach uh, beach restoration is also um, rebuilding that dune system because um, you don't want you know if you're building a, a beach to protect uh, whatever's behind it, whether it's a port fouchon, whether it's a you know a beach house, or whether it's just a, a salt marsh. Um, you want to make sure you have that that uh, healthy dune system um, that can trap the sand and can use vegetation to trap sand. Um, and a, a really good dune system can actually be set up to actually grow. Use the, uh, the vegetation can actually trap sand as it's blowing from the beach, so that dune system can grow on its own if you set it up properly. Yeah, I remember being out at, at Whiskey Island recently after it had been completed or near completion and just learning about the sand fencing and the different techniques that they use to kind of maintain the sediment, keep the elevation, you know, and then as well as how important the back barrier marsh is for, you know, that renourishment and, and maintenance of the sand within that specific area. Yeah, it's a it's a cool process, and and that's really who makes up our organization are the the engineers and geologists with both the the companies and the the communities that that do that. And so it's a uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of really smart folks out there who've figured out how to do a really good beach beach restoration. Yeah. I think a lot of the um, yeah, I think you know in the 50s, 60s, 70s when beach when coastal engineering was really sort of in its infancy, uh, there were a lot of projects that weren't very successful, and I think people sort of harken back to those and think about you know those big seawalls or, or or large groins that you know helped one community but hurt the downstream community, and a lot of that has changed now. I mean, I think there's a much more um, much we have much better ways of of building and restoring beaches. So Derek, I want to ask a little bit about, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you talked about your childhood memories and bringing your, your daughter to the beach and we all love our beaches for recreation and especially at this time of the year. Um, but beaches provide a lot of value beyond just recreation, right? Um, tell us a little bit about the value that beaches across the country provide, their ecosystem service benefits and how you make the case for um, beach renourishment and restoration. Yeah, absolutely. So ASBPA, we, we actually talk about four interconnected values for why we support beaches. Um, first being, and they're all, they're all connected, you can't sort of take one away from the other, but the first is protection. Um, beaches, high, wide beaches and high dunes um, provide, uh, provide protection from storm surge, from hurricanes, um, to the communities behind them. And so that really is the primary reason why the federal government invests in in beach restoration, it's the idea that you you know you invest millions of dollars in building a wide beach and on a high dune, and you save billions of dollars in destruction uh, afterwards. Um, so that's that's protection is sort of that first value. Um, recreation, obviously, the value that uh, we know about, uh, we talk about sort of the most. Um, uh, there's uh, ecological value. Uh, you know, if you're a sea turtle, you need. You need a place to lay your eggs, um, and as beaches erode back, if they beaches erode back right up to a, uh, you know, a condominium, there's going to be no place for a sea turtle to lay its eggs, and so wide beaches can help that. Same thing with uh, nesting shorebirds. Uh, and then fourth is uh, beaches are economic drivers. You go to any coastal beach community in the country, and you say, "What happens if your beach eroded away completely?" And they'll tell you their community collapses. And that's not just your, you know, the lifeguards and the guys that sell saltwater taffy, but it's your, you know, it's your your hotel workers, it's your plumbers that service the hotels and the the condominiums. So it's beaches really um, really drive the economy in in the uh, along the coastal along the coast. So, Derek, um, we are going to have to wrap up, but first we want us to tell you a little, you to tell us about, you have a conference coming up. Um, you tell us a little bit about it, when, where is it, what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, ASBPA holds a technical conference every year uh, that talks about coastal processes and coastal engineering, um, and we are going to be in Galveston, Texas, 
in the end of October. It's going to be October 30th to November 2nd. Um, and so it will have, uh, we've got over 200 presentations around coastal processes, coastal engineering, beach restoration. Uh, and this year we're actually really excited. We are um, launching a, a, a session on um, beach operations. So how do you, you know, it's for, it's for the folks who actually may not have to worry about the engineering of beaches, but have to deal with trash on your beaches or hiring lifeguards or what do you do if a dead whale washes up on your beach and it's tourist season? How do you get rid of that whale before the, you know, before it starts to smell too bad? Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a good conference. I uh, wanted to thank you guys. Uh, I know the Restore the Mississippi River, River Delta campaign is, is going to be there and, and promoting some of the work that you're doing. Um, so thank you for, for helping out on that. Yeah, we're excited to to be in attendance. I know um, some of our folks are presenting. We'll also be tabling with our 360 video. So people that are attending the conference will be able to see um, a lot of, you know, the issues affecting Louisiana, but also go out on Whiskey Island and see the restoration in progress. So we'll be really excited to, to be there. Where can people go, Derek, to both learn more about your organization as well as the conference? Absolutely. Uh, it's very simple, ASBPA.org. That's ASBPA.org. That's our acronym. Or you can follow us on Twitter, which is at ASBPA. Or um, on Facebook, we're American Beaches. So a lot of different ways. But if you just Google American Shore and Beach, we'll, we'll come up. Well, great. And, you know, um, we're about to head into a break, but we'll be really excited to have one of your partners and board members on. Um, and we're going to talk specifics about Louisiana and even more specifically about Jefferson Parish. So um, you are listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. You can always find us online, deltadispatches.org. Um, Simone will probably say that's our 50th episode, but it's actually 62. Um, <laughs> always <at> 50th. <laughs> we'll never get past 50. But, uh, but yeah, go online, check out, subscribe, rate us. Um, and we are excited to continue this conversation when we come back from break. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. I'm Joni Tuck with Port Fouchon. Welcome back to Delta Woo. Dispatches. Woo-hoo! Joni, good to hear from you. How are things going down at Port Fouchon? Oh, you know what? It's just another beautiful day in the food. We've had a great time with uh, with uh, Restore Retreat, your partner in crime. We've kept her intact, and we will return her to you at the conclusion of this day. We had some wonderful time on the beach, and we've been down to Grand Isle, and we've been talking about our working coast and Sea Grant and oysters and you name it, everything in between. Well, that sounds like an amazing day. I'm just sad I'm not there, but I'm glad to see that you're expanding beyond Fridays to Thursdays. What's next? Fushan Mondays? It could be. It could be. Could be a. Could be a Monday. Okay. Well, good to hear from you. Um, thank you for for listening and tweeting and all the work you're doing to advocate for Louisiana's coast. Thank you, Jacques. Appreciate. It. I'm gonna hand you back over. Okay. Fun surprise. Fun surprise. <laughs> what a great way to come back from the break. Definitely. We still have Derek on the phone, though. Yeah. Hey, Derek. So, Derek, we were talking kind of broadly about ASBPA and the work you all do and the importance of. Um, beaches and and kind of um, you know the value they provide. I like to think Louisiana is a little bit of a special case, right? And and, and maybe in good ways, maybe in bad ways. But um, you know the issues we're facing here in Louisiana and the Gulf Coast are somewhat different, right? Um, I, you know, I think in some ways they're different. In some ways, they're just bigger and sooner than what everywhere else everywhere else is going to be facing in the next the coming decades. So. Um, so yeah, you've got you've got a, a bigger problem there, but it's it's certainly something that if you can solve it, it'll be tremendous 
for the rest of the country because we can all learn from you guys. And in terms of confronting those issues, um, ASBPA recently started a Gulf Coast chapter. Is that right? Yeah, we started a Gulf Coast chapter. We um, we have a Texas chapter already, and there's a, an affiliated organization in Florida. Um, but we didn't really have a, a, a very strong presence in Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana. And so we felt like the time was ripe to go ahead and start a chapter. And so we've, um, we've pulled it together and have representatives, again, both from industry as well as from communities who, uh, who make up that chapter. Well, I'm so excited to have one of those representatives and one of your board members on um, the show. Uh, she's someone that we know well and we see often at coastal meetings and has been working um, on coastal Louisiana and issues for a long time. Lauren Averill, Jefferson Parish Coastal Zone Coordinator. Lauren, we've been wanting to have you on Delta Dispatches. I'm so glad you're on. I'm so glad to be here. I appreciate the invite. And I know you guys have tried to get me in with the state of the coast and a couple different times, but I'm glad to be yeah, finally well, sitting here. Don't let Lauren steal my seat. You hear me? <laughs> and if she's in it right now, so that's all I'm saying. <laughs> don't let it get too comfortable. <laughs> it is pretty comfy. So, Lauren, tell us a little bit about your background. Tell us about yourself, the kind of work that you do, and then we'll get into your work at Jefferson Parish. Wonderful. Well, um, I moved back home. I'm um, born in Metairie and moved back home over a decade ago. And my purpose to moving home was um, to be working in coastal restoration um, for Louisiana. And um, with that being said, um, I've been in the engineering field. I'm a professional engineer in environmental and civil engineering. And... um, just over about a year and a half ago, almost two years, um, I joined um, Jefferson Parish, and um, and I've been there since, and working with um, the parish um, president, his staff, and our council council members to um, move um, and, and and make sure that Jefferson is involved in um, and and fighting for money for the Barataria Basin as well as Lake Pontchartrain. So what does your every day look like? Probably like mine. Every day is different, right? Well, you know what? That's the beauty of what I do. I, I love the fact that I could li- be in Grand Isle on the beach. I can be in Lafitte. I can be in um, the Capitol um, with meetings with CPRA. Um, it's really very vi- variable, and I think sometimes people wonder where I am sometimes, and my response is that I'm on the coast. <laughs> so, um, so, yes, and Jefferson is a very unique um, parish. Um, District 1 goes from Gretna to Grand Isle, um, and Jefferson Parish is the largest um, populated coastal parish in the state of Louisiana and has been working on coastal projects, probably has had more, has been working on coastal projects for three decades. Um, We've been involved since the beginning of QIPRA and um, working hand in hand with the different federal agencies and the state and the Corps. And um, so we've, we have a lot there's a lot that has been done, but as we all know, there's a lot more to do. Yeah, and I mean, in addition to population, you don't often think about, you know, the the scale of Jefferson Parish, right, and the diversity in terms of habitat and ecosystems from, from the lake all the way down, like you said, all the way down to Grand Isle, and there's a lot in between there, so. Absolutely. I mean, we have, I mean, Grand Isle is the only inhabited beach in the state of Louisiana, and it definitely has had its trials and tribulations with storms, um, but uh, grand, and now we have the beautiful new Elmwood um, Caminata Headlands. That's been there's there's constant projects down there, um, well needed projects. And um, if you haven't been down to Grand Isle, it's well worth a two hour drive to from New Orleans, or um, thirty two miles by boat from Lafitte. 
that's an interesting way to put it. I know that uh, one time Wendell Curall was telling me a story about when um, here in Lafouche, their baseball team uh, had to play Lafitte, they took a boat. So <laughs> there's so much connection. And like you said, just by a boat, I mean, that's no time at all. Um, if you drive by a car, it, of course, takes a long time. So a- Absolutely. CPRA will be in Lafitte next week, too. Absolutely. They'll be, we're excited to host them for the next CPRA board meeting on Wednesday. So, Lauren, we were talking a little bit about this during the break when you were in Simone's chair and she was not here. But <laughs> what are some of the big coastal projects or things that are happening right now in Jefferson Parish from a coastal perspective? Well, as we all know, we're all um, recovering from the BP oil, oil spill. So there's a lot of projects. Um, we've got recreation projects. Um, Lafitte's been focusing on trying to get a wetland education facility. In Grand Isle, we're working on um, a, a beach repair that was done last um last summer and but that was a temporary repair to a hot spot that we have on the beach right at the bridge the bridge um recently with um the federal um supplemental um disaster funds they've um our represent representatives up in dc were able to find some money to make that um the final and completion and jetties for that area completed of around 15 million dollars so we're very happy about that we're working with so Congressman Graves, right, that was part of his announcement. Yes, he, he, he called Jefferson back. directly to tell them about that. So um, we, of course, appreciate his support um, in D.C., and we're lucky to have someone so well-versed with coastal issues up there. Definitely. A lot of people, you know, they um, it was a very big announcement, and it is uh, very real money, but they didn't realize how much it benefited coastal. So glad to hear that it impacted you directly there. In Absolutely. Grindel. Yes, yeah. and so we've, I mean, we're working with the Corps on a, a wonderful beneficial use project with their BudMap program for a small project to dredge material off of the Barataria Waterway. Um, and we also are working on a lot of, um, working with the, on, on Lake Pontchartrain, because sometimes Lake Pontchartrain can get forgotten because it doesn't have a, the subsidence issues that we sometimes see. But it is, Lake Pontchartrain is the basin that's the closest for most of the residents within the parish. And so I've been working with, um, Jennifer Van Rankin for District um, 5, and we're putting it, they put together a new vision plan for the Bucktown um, Harbor, which is about 40 acres on the flood side of the levee. And what my involvement specifically is to revive, to restore the wetlands that were um, on Lake Pontchartrain, so between Bucktown and, um, and Bonneville. And so that way you're, you're connecting our, our many residents that we have in Metairie and um, in Bucktown on, throughout, and we're putting that urban wetland back in their backyard. And ideally, that's so people can hear about the coast, they can see it on the news, but as we all know, if you're not, if you're not seeing why it's so important, then they don't understand why it's important to spend money on something that can vanish so quickly. Yeah, that's so, so important. And, you know, I think whether you're in Metairie or Kenner, wherever, it might be easy to think like, oh, you're not in a coastal parish, but the truth is you very much are. So Absolutely. providing those opportunities for people to connect directly to the environment are so huge. Yeah, we're just working on a small boardwalk right now to go around the wetlands that we do have near Bucktown. And as small as that is, if we can get folks that can go out there and see it and if then get them down to, to Lafitte, go to the beautiful Lafitte nature trail that they, nature walk that they have, or down to Grand Isle, that's the point. We're trying to get them to see the rest of the parish, not just for the state of Louisiana, but within our own, within our own um, parish and citizens. Great. Good. Go ahead, Jack. Oh, no, I was just going to ask. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about some of the opportunities people have to get directly involved. And, 
you know, um, I know there's been some great coverage of some of the work that's happening, but where can people go to learn more about Jefferson Parish, kind of on the coastal program, as well as maybe get involved? Absolutely. We're working, um, if you need to reach out to us, it's jeffparish.net backslash coastal. Um, you can also contact, you can reach us there through email, and um, we will be responsive and uh, make sure to get the information that you need. Awesome. Um, Simone, I think you have a question. Is it a, is it a fun one by chance? Of course. It's my turn for a fun question. <laughs> Lauren, um, so, you know, we ask all of our guests, but I want to stay a fun question, but I want to stay in the theme of beach. When you go to the beach, um, do you like to bring a book, a cocktail, a radio? What do you like to do when you get to go to the beach? Or do you even like the beach, I guess? <laughs> well, I was just at the beach with the family for a full week uh, a couple weeks back. And so, so um, to drink, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so th- th- there's <laughs> beverages are always needed, right? You can't be thir- too thirsty out there. But um, specifically, always goggles. I do like to swim, open water swim. But a football, frisbee, um, I like to be active on the beach. I do read sometimes, but that's usually sec- That's usually and, and Lauren, you just said you had a pretty successful fishing trip near Fushan. Is that right? I, we went out of Fushan on Sunday. So um, caught some snappers, some drama, cobia. Um, we were busy. And we thre- I thought for sure we were going to get lightning, but um, it held out for us. Nice. Well, we have to head into a break. We have one more segment left. I want to talk a little bit more about, again, some of the volunteer opportunities and the ways that people have gotten directly involved. Um, You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. We'll be right back after the break. And we're back. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM, always available online at deltadispatches.org. I am Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. And I'm Simone Malaz with Restore or Retreat on location. So, Simone, when is Joni Tuck going to take you and I on a fishing trip out of Fushan? You know that chick loves Fouchon Friday, so I know that she is game to do that. We did Fouchon almost Friday today, and so it is such an amazing place to kind of see work and environment. I'm glad to hear Lauren was so successful Sunday, too, so that gives us hope. We may be trying to sneak a fishing trip in tomorrow, um, but in our line of work, we call it coastal sampling. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> sampling, uh, maybe coming back to the dock laying and then cooking yeah. it up sampling and that kind of sampling yeah. right yeah. little insider tip when you fish during the week it's called coastal sampling <laughs> good to know well um so we're back with with lauren avril with, uh, jefferson parish so lauren before um the break you were telling us about some of the the priorities and projects that are happening um in jefferson parish from a coastal perspective but like let's take a step back and just talk about the coastal office and why it's important that Jefferson Parish have that office, as well as what do you see as sort of your priorities um, looking ahead in the coming few years? Absolutely. Well, Jefferson, as I mentioned, has been doing coastal restoration for um, decades, the, probably the longest in the state as far as parish-wise. But the the big difference and the reason why the um, the parish want, was interested in getting a was a specific coastal office so that we're working more on the offense instead of the defense when it comes to funding. There's a lot of different funding streams out there, especially after Restore, and I'm I'm always calling Simone and asking her about different things here and there because it's not, you don't just go to one one web web page and find all the answers to the questions. It's a lot more um, gray, a lot more gray than that. But um, that's been one of the main goals and in in assessing where we were when when I got there, I also realized that with such a large parish, with so many people, we 
getting out there the outreach the education which we have been doing we have a great um christmas tree recycling project that we build some cribs we've been doing that for this will be the 29th year in a row but it an overall effort um and that's what we're going to be doing and putting together an outreach program but not just reaching um the folks that we see all the time at the meetings but your business leaders and especially your kids and um in schools so that we're making sure that we're engaging on all levels because we all know that as far as funding is concerned People don't want to fund something they don't understand or they think that it's a lost cause. And I think sometimes you can deal with that mantra that you need to we need to educate on. So with that being said, that goes into, you know, um, making sure people are engaged. And um, that's one of our big priorities as well. So um, we've got events on the um, that we've got coming up down the road. Obviously, we've got the wonderful Tarpon Rodeo. That's going to be the last weekend of July. Um, and we're doing our first our, our, our kickoff for a kayak cleanup that's tied in with the Tarpon Rodeo. So the Friday yeah, the Tell us a little bit about more about that. We're going to be working, um, our Coastal Management Department will be working with our Parks Department, and we're just going to be, we're going to be launching out of the um, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries right there at Ludwig and Grand Isle from 10 to 2 on Friday the 27th. And bring your kayaks, and we're going to be picking up trash in along the um, Bayou Rigo um, to in cleaning up those waterways, which can get a little bit dirty during a tarpon route. Yeah, I imagine. Lauren, you should have seen the kayakers out there today. So I love that, that y'all are incorporating. I mean, it's, it's something, you know, it's kind of on trend, as they would say. People love to do that. And so that's a great way to incorporate folks, you know, that maybe didn't necessarily think they fit into the rodeo. So uh, Jefferson Parish is a, a case in point example of the importance of coastal rep- restoration. And I think, you know, it just makes so much sense to have a coastal office. You know, you have to protect communities and the industry and wildlife, but also, you know, they have ecotourism and recreational opportunities. And you talked about the diversity of the parish. And so um, y'all kind of have everything that you need right there in Jefferson, but um, you have some funding that may come through GoMesa and restore some post-BP opportunities. But, you know, I, I love that you work every day to try to maximize and leverage that funding and increase those opportunities. So we do talk about those kinds of things a lot and you you are an an out-of-the-box thinker too and so I think that is what's important here in coastal Louisiana is try to make the most of what you have and then that'll always kind of lay the groundwork to help you get more so congrats on the success of the coastal office so far and we look forward to working with you even more on that. Um, Tell us a little bit more about your work with Derek's organization how, how you tie those two things together. So I was approached um, beginning of the year for the idea of doing this um, ASBPA golf chapter. Um, it's it's a really phenomenal organization, and in all honesty, the golf had really been left out of it because we didn't have our, our, our own chapter. So um, Brett Webb in um, he's South Alabama, University of South Alabama, he is our president, reached out. and So we've got representatives from Mississippi, Alabama, and as well as Louisiana. And so we meet, we we're going to be, our first big event was um, we, was for the state of the coast. So we had a table and we were able to get our folks there. And um, I went to actually to the um, policy conference that they had in D.C. in March. And it really is exceptional. I mean, we were around it all the time with, with dealing with our Louisiana issues. But there are a lot of the same issues that are going on and there's lessons to be learned across the board. And then as well as, um, Simone, you said that you're dealing, you've got people, different representatives from non-coastal um, states or non-coastal counties. And 
they still have votes when it comes to um, funding, and so it's important to educate those folks as well. And but when you're working, you're you're there's, the exposure is great, and um, I was very impressed. I think Derek's still on the line with um, the policy meeting because it's putting the folks within ASPPA and it's getting them in front of the, the where the policies are made, and that's very important to understanding the process and understanding how you make changes when we know that they're we're trying to move forward. Yeah, Very Derek, good. do you have any uh, final, we have about three minutes left, Derek, so if you have any final thoughts, and then just one reminder of where people can go to um, learn more about ASBPA and support the organization. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Jacques. Uh, again, our website is ASBPA.org, or follow us on Facebook or Twitter. If you just search, uh, search American Beaches, you'll find us. Um, you, you know, I think my experience in Louisiana was, was absolutely tremendous, and I think the work that you guys are doing in Louisiana to restore your whole coastline, beaches, wetlands, um, marshes, is, is amazing. And I think, you know, if, if there's anything that we can learn from it, uh, we need to, because the work that you're doing will need to be done around the country. So uh, really excited to continue to work in Louisiana and, and take those messages around the country. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Derek Brockbank, um, for coming on, Executive Director of American Shore Beach Preservation Association, as well as Lauren Avril. And Lauren, I didn't mention it, but there was an amazing piece done by NBC News on the Christmas tree recycling program in Jefferson Parish, right? Yes. Um, this past um, this past winter, um, we had the Christmas the twenty eighth annual um, recycling project, and um, we were contacted. We did a press release, and Lester Holt's Nightly News um, reached out to us, and so we took them around for. Um, for uh, basically two days to try to get them familiar with it. And Craig Sanders was the um, person that was involved in it. He was the correspondent. But it re really was great, and it was some national exposure. Um, and actually, I watched it on the plane coming back from D.C. Mardi Gras. That is so that was great. pretty amazing. Yeah, a um, good uh, icing or cherry on top of the Sunday, I guess, after absolutely. a good experience. Well, an amazing exposure and such a great way for people to um, – you know, have that entry point into coastal issues and understand what's happening. So we'll have to have you back and talk more about, um, you know, the Christmas tree recycling program when Absolutely. we get about that time. Good luck with the CPRA board meeting and the Tarpon Rodeo. Um, a lot, no shortage of, uh, of, of things going on with Jefferson Parish. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much thank for you, having Lauren. me. Thank you. So just a reminder, the CPRA meeting is next Wednesday in Lafitte, which is um, the 18th. I think the meeting starts around 9, 9.30? 9.30, yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Also, I uh, want to mention that they have history on the lake um, at the New Canal Lighthouse and Museum. Our friends at Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation are hosting an event on the 22nd. Great. And then also, as a reminder, if you caught last week's episode, if not, go check it out. Waterways Smithsonian Exhibit is happening in Braithwaite, Louisiana, um, and it's going on through August 4th. Um, so that is Monday through Thursday and Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Phoenix High School in Braithwaite. Definitely check it out. An amazing opportunity. It's also a beautiful part of the state, if I do say so myself. Simone, have fun with Miss Joni Tuck. Y'all don't get into too much trouble. And I will see uh, you next week. Be our first call if you do, Jock. I promise you. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all take care. Thank you for listening to Delta Dispatches. It's been another great episode. We'll see you next week.